Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today we've got a great revenge story against a guy who tried to sell a family's house out from under their noses. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I ruined my boss's life. A few years ago, I worked for a couple of months in a pastry shop. To work there, my boss promised me 8 hours a day except Mondays, half day, and Thursdays closed, and 700 euros a month, obviously all off the books. Although I had some resentment about working illegally, I accepted anyway because I needed some money. The first day of work, I was in there for 11 hours, from 5.30am to 1.30pm, and then from 3pm to 6pm. I thought it was normal since it was my first day, even if in reality some doubts came to me right away because all the others had been there as much as me and for them it was certainly not the first day. The situation continued to be this, hours ranging from 10 to sometimes 13 hours a day. Furthermore, for two weeks in a row, on Monday, the day on which we were only supposed to work in the morning, we instead worked with the schedules of the other days. At the end of the month, I asked for my well-deserved salary, and my boss got angry telling me that I was only thinking about money, when in reality, I hadn't even asked him to pay me for the multiple hours of overtime. He then told me that he would pay everyone at the end of the first week of the following month. The following day, after working as usual for 11 hours, at the end of the shift, he called me aside, telling me that since I'd been presumptuous, I had to show up for work on Thursday even though it was my day off. Obviously, I got angry and replied that I'd worked much longer hours than those agreed and that I wouldn't show up for work on my day off, and so I did. Thursday came and I didn't show up, ignoring hundreds of calls from my boss and his wife. The next day, I showed up for work regularly and was severely reprimanded and then sent home for bad behavior. He told me that we would meet on Sunday to give me the money and that I didn't have to show up again, which I already wanted to do. So Sunday arrived and showed up with 300 euros, telling me that I'd done little this month and that I hadn't been respectful towards him and his business. I got very angry and also went to call my father who was waiting for me in the car. The two almost came to blows, so I took my father and we left, saying it wasn't over there. I kept in touch with some of my colleagues, some even over 18, with whom I'd established a good relationship with and who had also worked illegally. They told me that the next day, he had badmouthed me saying that I was a person without any form of respect and dignity. They had witnessed the scene the previous Friday and were speechless. They thought I had to do something and not let me walk on my head like this, and they were right. So I decided to do something that no one has ever had the courage or the will to do, or rather go to finance to denounce the fact that he had made most of his employees work illegally and that he exploited them by underpaying them. Obviously not alone, but with my colleagues, also tired of being exploited to support me. So we decided on a day and time for a pop check and waited. The agreed day was Saturday morning from 9 to 10, the day and time when there was usually more workload. It goes without saying that contrary to what is thought of in Italy, sometimes justice works. And that day, finance with a surprise check discovered the whole situation and immediately closed the business. 
Subsequently, the owner, as well as my former boss, was investigated and sentenced to I don't remember how many years in prison. The business was seized and now his family's having to pay more than a million euros in tax evasion for other reasons related to false receipts and other things that I don't quite understand. I'm publishing this also here because a lot of people told me to publish this here. I'm just glad that OP clarified and said that at least like most of the people that were working here were tired of being exploited. It wasn't just like OP going rogue and ruining a situation where, even if they're being technically exploited, was a situation where maybe that's the only job they could get that kept them alive. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, try getting me fired? enjoy homelessness. I was an adjunct professor at a college. One of the students didn't like me and tried to get me fired by making false accusations that I'd pinched her and caressed her hair. I did not take this lightly. I could have been fired or faced criminal charges. This student was on a scholarship that required her to maintain a minimum attendance. Our college also requires a minimum attendance to pass a unit. An eye for an eye, right? I accidentally forgot to mark her name down when taking attendance, even if she was there. A few weeks later, she was gone. I was confronted by her friend that she lost her scholarship and was now living out of her car because of my carelessness in taking attendance. Little did they know. I mean, it really is kind of an eye for an eye. I mean, yeah, what they did obviously couldn't just endanger OP's job. It could have ruined their life potentially. God forbid they have to be on a registry for the rest of their life because of this false accusation. So I don't think there's really much sympathy for the girl losing her scholarship. This next story is, abuse me as a child? Teenage me might ruin your life. I've wanted to tell this story for so long and I figured this was the perfect place. When I was about 10 years old, my dad got a new girlfriend, Lauren. Lauren was an evil monster. When I first met her, she was lovely and friendly. I quickly liked her, but over the years, everything went downhill fast. It started small. Lauren would steal my things and then deny it. Of course, everyone believed her. She'd tell me that my dad loved her more than me and that if she wanted to, she could click her fingers and he'd never see me again. She'd read my diary and then told everyone what I'd written. She reported me to the RSPCA for abusing my animals. I wasn't. After a couple of years, she had my dad beating me. Yes, I know, he was an adult with choices and I hold him just as responsible. She would constantly tell my dad how bad I was and encourage him to hurt me. After a while, he'd always snap and end up doing what she wanted. There are so many more things she did, but you get the picture. My dad and Lauren separated when I was about 16 years old, but they had a house together still. It was around this time as wanting to end things miserable teenager that I decided I'd get even. I spent months on my plan, and this is what I did. I wanted Lauren's entire life to fall apart all at once, so everything had to be perfectly timed. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I started by getting her fired and a minor criminal record. Lauren worked at a police warehouse for seized items. But Naughty Lauren was stealing from the warehouse, so I made notes on what she stole and when. Once I had a decent enough list, I anonymously contacted her boss with my list. Lauren was immediately suspended. After a few weeks, she was found to be guilty of stealing. She was immediately fired and charged with theft, including theft of a Class C substance. Now, Lauren was unemployed and pretty much unemployable. On to stage two. Lauren, with no income, needed to sell the house as she was now unable to pay her mortgage. My dad also wanted to sell so he could move in with his new girlfriend, so I made the house unsellable and pretty unpleasant to live in. My dad and Lauren were stupid and never locked their back door. I didn't have keys, so I'd sneak in when I knew they were out and hide disgusting things. Bugs everywhere, old prawns hidden under the floorboards. I even stitched some old prawns into the bottom of the curtains. Dead mice everywhere, including under Lauren's pillow. Live mice in the pantry. The house stank and no one could figure out why. Estate agents refused to list it or would only list it for far under the value and potential buyers would leave quickly after no one could explain the source of the vile smell. Lauren was approaching bankruptcy. Exactly what I wanted only one area of her life left to destroy. Lauren had been in a relationship for a year or so with this guy. I can't even remember the poor guy's name, we'll call him John. Well, Lauren was cheating on John, and with his own father of all people, poor John proposed to Lauren, he needed to know who she really was. One day when Lauren had John's dad over, I got in the house via the unlocked back door. I grabbed her mobile which she'd left in the kitchen. It took a few attempts and a lot of house watching to get lucky with the phone. I texted John from her phone pretending to be Lauren. I told him I was sick and asked him to come over. Of course, good old John rushed over. I unlocked the front door and texted him, letting him know to let himself in as I was in bed sick. I left and hid around the area. The drama was intense. Lauren and John's dad, half-naked, chasing after John in the street, screaming, crying. I think John might have even punched his dad before driving off. Obviously, the relationship was over, and John's dad even ditched her in an attempt to get his son's forgiveness. So Lauren was alone, broke, unemployable, facing charges, and about to be bankrupt. Sadly, I don't know how the story ends. I cut contact with my dad around that time, and thus my connection to Lauren was gone. I do remember my dad mentioning her being wanting to end things right before we stopped speaking. So, in my eyes, my goal was achieved. I didn't need to see the fallout anyway. Just knowing what I'd achieved was more than enough for me. And that's the story of how I got revenge. Writing it out, I realized how unreal it sounds, but that's the whole story. What's crazy here is OP managed to find all of these ways to ruin all of these independent things in her life, all without her even having a whiff that it was OP pulling those strings. Well, as long as you don't count the smell of the mice poop, the bugs, and the prawns. This next story is Grandma's Revenge. The story was relayed to me by my grandparents, so it may be embellished, yada yada, let's get to the story. I immediately have to write this down because it is the most amazing thing I have ever heard. I was visiting my grandma and grandpa to celebrate a bunch of summer birthdays together, but when I pulled up to their house, 
the plot to the right was completely empty, as in no stones, no base, no debris, just slightly overgrown grass. Grass, where there used to be a house. When the hellos were said and the party started, I absolutely had to know what happened. So I went to ask my grandparents and goodness gracious I was not expecting the roller coaster of a story they told me. A couple of years ago, my grandparents had some very unpleasant neighbors. Loud at all hours, trash in the yard, arguing with other people on the street, just absolute nuisances. It was a husband and wife and their adult son who would come and go irregularly. The wife would get into arguments with anyone about anything, and the husband would physically intimidate the people who spoke up for themselves. They weren't sure what exactly was the deal with the son, but it couldn't have been anything good as it was well known he'd been in the county jail more than a few times. The house apparently reflected the tenants, as it looked awful. It was sagging and dilapidated, loose beams and peeling paint, but nothing was ever done about it due to the guy who rented out the place being a slumlord. We'll get to him later. It all came to a breaking point one night when my grandparents returned home to find their back door smashed in and some of my grandpa's guitars missing. Now, grandpa loves his music and has been singing and playing his whole life, so it's safe to say those guitars are not only very memorable to him, but dang expensive too. They of course went to the police, and after some digging, they found that the guitars had been sold at a pawn shop or someplace by the sun. They couldn't get the guitars back, unfortunately, but I believe my grandparents were fairly compensated since the guitars were insured. Today I learned guitars have insurance. Given how expensive the guitars were, the theft was absolutely a felony, and the son once again ended up in jail. After that, the neighbors would harass my grandparents through the fence or on their porch, meaning it was difficult for them to even sit outside. They would call them foul names, throw trash over the fence, and the husband would still try to get physical. Now, while my grandpa is a very chill and mellow guy, my grandma will take crap from no one especially not jerks like these. So what did she do? She got the house condemned. It was easy for her to do, really. She called the local authorities, general attorney, property manager, I don't know, and they came and did an inspection, though it was clear by the outside of the house that it hadn't been properly maintained for a long time. One call led to more calls, and the property was deemed unfit to live in, which forced the rude neighbors to move out. I'm not sure what happened to them or where they went, but supposedly they were put up in a nearby hotel by the slumlord until the house could be fixed. Ooh, foreshadowing. Now enter the slumlord. Of course, his tenants told him who had reported the house, so of course he's upset with my grandparents. Rather than fix the house though, he gets aggressive the first day he's there, yelling at my grandparents about how they're idiots for reporting him and how they've cost him a bunch of money, and he's gonna sue them and on and on. It gets to the point where the across-the-street neighbors called the local police to come defuse the situation, which they do. A few weeks pass and my grandma hasn't seen the slumlord or anyone around to fix the house. Not being one to let things go easily, grandma starts making frequent calls to a bunch of services, reporting the house and its lack of progress. Each time, the slumlord's truck would appear for a day and then leave without changing a thing. Grandpa said he would block in their driveway, but since they stay home most of the time, it wasn't a major issue. Grandma disagreed. Finally, my grandma had complained enough that officials came out and condemned the house for demolition. This had two major effects. First, the rude neighbors were now practically homeless, since as soon as they and the slumlord ran out of money to pay for the hotel, 
they'd be stranded. Second, the slumlord still had to pay a crap load of. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lines for the state of the house. The rest is more his fault than my grandma's actions, but he would refuse to pay and refuse to show up in court, leading to a warrant being put out for his arrest. A few months ago, the demolition teams came and tore down the place, leaving the lot perfectly barren. They even removed the driveway so now it just looks like an extension of the side yard. My grandparents were not sure of the final state of the neighbors and slumlord, but my grandma looked very pleased with herself as she finished her story. I love her so much. Can we point out the true driving force in this story though? It's the actual city officials who actually gave a crap to do anything. I feel like whenever you hear a story of somebody complaining about some house that's condemned or whatnot, it's about how nothing is being done and how nothing will be done. Our next story is, mess with my kids? Lose your house. I've, male 50, got two stepsons, who I just call my sons as I've been in their life since 8 and 10 and are now young men. My wife and I made it a point to have a great relationship with their dad, Jason, and made sure he had a chance to be around as much as possible, even staying at our place frequently to be around his boys, as he lived over an hour away and couldn't afford to live closer. Jason had a crazy ex-girlfriend who had tried to claim they were married, variously saying common law or that they were married in secret or married on an Indian reservation, but he had a restraining order out against her because she was nuts and tried various ways to screw up his life. The ex is a horrible person. She had been arrested several times for forgery and fraud. She and Jason had a fiery relationship, but he had it in his head that he should make it work, as he did like her daughters and grandson, but the ex got him sent to prison for violating his probation when he left the country to go to his mom's funeral and hadn't filed an appropriate form. I'm a little unclear on this part, but she played a major role in it. After he got out several months later, she wanted him back and he wasn't having it. He made a clean break, moved to a new town, but she continued to harass him, thus leading to the restraining order. She would send texts to people pretending to be police investigating saying he was drunk driving or taking drugs, or pretending to be friends or family to spread rumors and hurt him. She even sent texts to my kids from burner phones pretending to be other family or friends, saying awful things about their dad. Jason died unexpectedly of a heart attack, and it was a shock to us all. He was finally living in peace, had great relationships with friends and his sons, and was the happiest he had ever been. He didn't have much, he lived in a single wide trailer a friend had let him stay in for free, some boxes of tools, old comics, video games, D&D books and modules, mementos from his times in the marines, and an old 2009 pickup which on several occasions he had promised my oldest son, let's call him Paul. Jason didn't have a will and my wife became the executor of the estate because at the time of death both the sons were minors and sole heirs. We packed up the things out of Jason's trailer and took the truck, which had Jason's name on the title but had to wait for the death certificate to retitle it in Paul's name, but the ex called Jason's sister, demanding the truck, saying it was hers, and posting on Facebook she was reporting it as stolen, etc., which really ticked me off. 
After we got the death certificate, we went to the DMV and found out she had stolen the title to the truck by forgery, saying she was the only heir and we couldn't transfer the title. My son was driving around with a packet documenting everything in case he was pulled over for driving a stolen vehicle. We had to get a lawyer and start a special process that took several months before a director at the DMV fixed it and we were able to title the truck with the X, continuing to threaten and cause problems and made everyone miserable and cost us several thousand in legal fees. Early last year, we got through probate court. The ex never showed, in spite of saying that she was the wife and sole heir. The court declared the boys as the sole heirs and my wife as the executor of the estate in their names. Instead of showing up, the ex sent an email to the court saying she couldn't make it because of work. She doesn't have a job, and that Jason was never around his kids. He didn't miss a single high school football game, home or away, and never missed a home track meet, and that they were just leeching off his SSI for the back child support. She went on with a bunch of other non-relevant crap just to trash my wife and sons and pretty much said it didn't matter what the judge said, that she should get everything. During this time, we found out that Jason's name was on the deed of the ex's house. In order to get a reduction in property taxes because of Jason's disabled veteran status, she had filed papers to put him on the deed, but not the mortgage. If she had just left my kids alone, we would have let it go, but she had pushed principal beyond the point of denial, so we filed suit for half the house. Property is worth about $380,000. We went to court-ordered mediation, and she rejected a mediated settlement of a fraction of the value, which we would have taken. In April, her lawyer dropped her, and so she got a continuance on the first hearing. She then claimed that she had found a will from Jason designating her as sole heir. In addition to another signed paper that she found as a quitclaim deed from Jason for the house. I did wonder if it was this or her not paying him which caused the lawyer to drop her. She was going to go back to probate court to reopen, appeal, probate, and needed time for that, which the judge granted. On Tuesday, finally went to court on the deed to the house. She no-showed. The judge had inquiries to the probate court, and she never filed any papers. The trial lasted less than 10 minutes as the judge recorded the facts and awarded the estate half the property. They will impanel three lawyers to determine how the property will be sold, and she's going to lose her house and for the first time in her miserable life, face the consequences of her actions. Freak around and find out. I mean, she made it so darn easy to feel so good about claiming that half of the house. They even gave her an out still. They said they would take much less than half the value of the house. I imagine she didn't have the kind of money to do so anyways. But needless to say, most people in that situation are absolutely going to pursue that to the fullest extent. Our next story is, guy tries to sell house from under my family, gets his just desserts. My family was looking for a large house and found the perfect one back in the early 2000s. When my dad talked with the owners, they had agreed to getting some plumbing fixed on the house before we moved in if we moved all of their stuff into the two-car garage so it would be easier for them to move. There was also several things to be repaired, a pool to clean, and a ton of landscaping to be done. My dad did the repairs and used his army of offspring to do all the landscaping, pool work, etc. The house was looking amazing compared to before, and we were a week from moving in. Now, I to this day do not know why my dad did this, but he had paid a cash deposit. There was no paper trail, and the owners decided to take advantage of this. 
When it got to be a few days before we moved in, the owners told my dad they weren't moving their stuff out of the garage or doing the plumbing fixes that were needed to use any of the bathtubs or showers in the house. He could deal with no garage and pay for the plumbing fixes, or he could freak off. No refund of deposit if he didn't like it. They even said that they were thinking of moving someone else in because the house value was more with all the fixes we had already done. My father asked to turn in the keys we'd been given the next morning because this was all told to him at 8pm on a weekday. With no paperwork yet signed, there was nothing attaching my dad to the house, and no cameras or security system. He had just been freaked over a few thousand dollars by the owner and it was maybe two weeks to Christmas. His gift that year was going to be giving each of us kids our own rooms for the first time. Cue revenge. He brought all of us kids over to the house for a little party. Each kid was given their own special bit of destruction. Someone was shoveling sand into the pool. My brother, with anger issues, was told to punch out every hole we had patched up in the walls. The smaller kids were told to rock the banister on the stairs until it broke. I was told to rip out the landscaping we had done and make a path of it all over the stairs. Every single thing we had fixed or improved taken back by very creative and energetic children. While all this happened, my dad and stepmom went through everything in the garage from the owners and took anything they could gift to family, pawn, or sell. There were high-value collectibles, jewelry, and a computer that my dad gave to us for Christmas. The next day, my dad told the owners he had put the keys in the garage with its door open that night for them. He then unplugged the phone, and we never heard from those people again. Was it legal? No, not on either end. Did we have a good Christmas? Yes. Was it fun destroying the place? Yes. I actually did a very tastefully done carpet of hedge branches, torn out flowers and some of sand and pool gravel on the actual carpet of the house. One of those situations where they get back and they're like, Oh my god, we're gonna call the cop. Oh, wait, we can't. Unless we want to open ourselves up to a lot of liability. I mean, absolute scam artists. I don't know how they thought they were just going to get away with that. This next story is, My ex-fiance refused to respect my boundaries, so I married his best friend. Back in 2019, I had just moved my long-term partner into my house due to a series of poor life choices on his end. It had been a rocky relationship for most of its duration, but I was young and dumb. I believe this was him wanting to commit and truly start our lives. By early 2020, we were engaged. I was a full-time university student, sole caretaker for my mentally disabled mother, and taking care of the house and our pets. He worked a standard 40-hour-a-week, minimum-wage job, and refused to help with any aspect of life. I found out on Christmas Day 2020 he had been unfaithful and had forgotten to tell me. He was planning on leaving me but had informed everyone except for me because he was failing to secure a new residence. Apparently his freak buddy didn't like him enough to let him move in. At this point it was very little love lost and I expected he would be moving out within the coming weeks. Fast forward three entire months and his search for a living place was non-existent and he was acting more and more entitled. Clearly by this point he is an unwelcomed freeloader who has taken up residence in my living room. I was about to secure an eviction notice to get him off my couch. He began swiping Tinder with his phone volume loudly on. I told him not to do that in my presence as it was highly insensitive to do in my home and he could do it in private. This continued, so I told him I would sleep with one of his friends. It was said in a moment of anger and more of an empty threat at the time. However, I am known for seeing goals to their completion. I messaged the guy who was supposedly my ex's best friend 
and the best man for the wedding. It turns out he didn't even consider my ex a close friend and my ex had acted similarly terrible to this guy previously as well. We bonded over our terrible experience, hit it off really well in general, and started dating. I was upfront about what the catalyst for me to reach out to him was. After two years of dating, we were married April 2nd. He watched me graduate with that bachelor's degree my ex disliked. I'm halfway through my master's, and my husband works in a specialized, steady field that supports us. Last I heard, my ex got kicked out of his dad's house, never was able to officially date his side chick, and has not made any choices to better his life. It's pretty crazy sometimes the stories of how you find love in literally the most unlikely of places. OP's story kind of reminds me of a story I heard about the singer Shania Twain. I guess at one point her husband had cheated on her. The husband of the lady he cheated with ended up getting with Shania Twain and they married, and I guess the two original cheaters also married, so it was like a weird, like, wife swap moment. But be rest assured, I don't think it was a friendly exchange. It wasn't, like, on good terms or anything. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.